talk today about how to grow from a master-servant relationship with God to an intimate relationship with God. And uh, intimacy is really the key word, but that's not easy when there's a bunch of baggage that we have with our hurts, with our own, you know, the, the need for love and intimacy is like needing air. And if, like air, if we don't find a healthy version of that, we are going to uh, do an unhealthy version of that. So like air, if you don't have healthy, clean air, you're going to breathe in the toxic air because you've got to have air. Well, the thing is, you've got to have love. And uh, with the brokenness that we find ourselves in, uh, with, uh, with a, uh, a creation that is fallen, um, is that love is, is, there's love with strings. There's love with all sorts of agendas happening. There's love until you do this or love until you don't do this. Um, there's, I'm here to protect myself. There's selfishness. There's all these things that we've all, done amok and been on the receiving end. And so we have lots of wounds uh, because being loved well uh, is not, unfortunately, not the tip, not the norm. And if you were brought up in a family that was, you know, had, had every, everybody's family has issues, but uh, big issues, uh, intimacy is a real problem. This is one of the reasons why porn is such a huge thing. Uh, because porn is kind of false intimacy, right? And I mean, it's just a huge problem. And um, so, you know, we all know as good little Christians <laughs> that we're supposed to be getting, you know, feeding off of the Lord and getting our, our, our being rooted and grounded in Him and all of that while we're in healthy community with one another. Uh, and so uh, trying to get, Past this it is a real thing. I mean, it, the, the how to, we kind of, a lot of times we know what we need to do. We just don't know how to get there from here. Uh, so I thought I would unpack some things to help you in that. Uh, and we are going to move forward. So I'm taking everything today, uh, from John 15. I love that chapter, uh, out of the Passion Translation. And I'll just start at verse one. I uh, don't worry, we're not, I, I'll take bits and pieces out of the chapter, but it's like the whole thing is like really good. So uh, we'll skip down some and all of that. So this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Now, Jesus is the incarnate God, right? God is love. Jesus is love. So here he's dealing with his disciples who are <laughs> pretty clueless. <laughs> and uh, I hope that gives you some hope, right? Uh, you know, so uh, so let's, he's talking to them. He's just about ready to go to the cross. They they really don't get it. They really don't have a clue. Uh, and he's talking to him, to them. Okay, he says, I am a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. Isn't that sweet that the father tends to Jesus? 
sounds like other giving love. That's the, uh, that's the Trinity in other giving love. Okay. Uh, he cares for the branches connected to me by lifting up and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. So it's a lifting up. How many of you heard that, you know, he, he casts them away to be burned? Yay. That sounds really fun. <laughs> Right? Well, perfect love casts out fear. And so there's a lifting up. If you go back to the Aramaic, there's a lifting up of the branches and a cleaning of the branches because if something's sick, it doesn't need to be punished. It needs to be healed. So God's um, redemption and God's wrath is uh, is not retributive, is not punitive, but is redemptive right? He wants to heal. It's a physician model versus uh, a, a, um, a legal model. Like, so you committed a crime, you need to be punished, right? So and let me just say this, if you're having, struggling with that, if God, if, if Jesus Christ was on the cross asking the Father to forgive us, he's, he created a covenant of forgiveness. Now, what you forgive you don't punish. You can't have both. You can't forgive and punish, right? Because if you punish, that's against the forgiveness. And then if you forgive, you can't punish because that's not forgiveness, right? So God's not confused. We get confused and he's helping us with our confusion, right? Okay. Uh, every every fruitful branch uh, will be prone to yield a greater har- harvest. These words I've spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you're already clean. We're not waiting to get clean. The unclean things we do is because we have not connected with ourselves as holy without spot or blemish because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, right? And the new nature, the spotless nature, we have no sin nature, but we do sinful things because we don't know it, okay? We have... Uh, the deeds of the flesh, but not a real, uh, we have a physical flesh. We've got a flesh in our minds, our thought process, but in terms of the flesh as a sinful nature, that was done away with at the cross. Otherwise, Jesus did a crappy job on that cross. Okay. So you have a holy nature. Jesus said, as you, uh, uh, John says, as he is, so are we in this world. Okay. And so we're as Jesus. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not because we said a prayer, but we awakened to something that was already done when we said that prayer. Our prayer didn't make it so. The finished work of the cross made it so. And we awakened to that truth. Really important to get that because otherwise we make ourselves and a prayer a savior versus the savior a savior. Okay. Um, if you need more on that, it's really good stuff. It will help you. It will make you happy. Uh, I have a ton of stuff. If you want to go through my YouTube channel, uh, you can go to my website. I've got the videos listed there or just go directly to YouTube. You can find out more about that. Um, okay, so let's go on to verse four. So you must remain in life union with me for I remain in life union with you. See, Jesus is holding on to you. Isn't that comforting? It's not like, okay, I can barely hold on. No, it's an awakening process. And he's got us. He's like, you're in union with me. Okay, you may not have a clue that you are, but you're in union with me. Lots of scripture to support that, but that's a different topic. 
For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. Out of intimacy comes fruitfulness. Ding, 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 ding. I'm going to say that again because it's really good. Out of intimacy comes fruitfulness. Listen, no one's having any babies unless they're intimate. Okay. Husband and wife are intimate. Okay. Not, nothing's, nothing's happening. Okay. Um, you know, even vegetation, right? In order to, uh, to, to have to be fruitful, it needs to be pollinated, which is fertilized, which is kind of an intimacy thing <laughs> with the flower and the bumblebee, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, you get the point. Um, I am the sprouting vine and you're, you're my branches. So you're already his branch and the branch, the vine, which is so neat is sprouting, which means it's growing. Isn't that beautiful? As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. Okay. As you live in union with me as your source. So what does that mean? I'm awakening. I'm dependent. I'm letting you feed me. I'm letting you serve me. I'm letting you, Jesus, love me. I'm letting you bring truth to me. I'm letting you bring freedom to me. I'm letting you touch the places in my heart that are broken. I'm letting you touch the painful places so they can be healed. I'm letting you detox me of lies. I'm letting you go throughout my day um, in in communion with you. You know, as I as I like to say, I, I have God help me pick out my melons. Why? Because I don't want to thump thump. I don't want to look at the end to see if it's yellow or whatever the thing. It's like, Jesus, tell me which one. Okay, that's it. <laughs> and if I somehow messed it up, all I have is a bum melon, but it was a good practice. And it's lovely because let me say this. If you care about it, he cares about it. That is practicing the presence. That's practicing hearing from God, however you hear him. Okay. Um, but uh, when you live separated from me, you are powerless or fruitless. Uh, you know, the King James says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do lots of stupid things. We're talking things of <laughs> eternal value, right? Things that are of value. Okay, let's skip down to verse nine. This is beautiful. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. Same love. Papa loves Jesus. Jesus loves us. Papa loves us. Holy Spirit loves us. Right? <laughs> right? They're one. Uh, Jesus is the express image of the Father. So they're not, if, if you want to see the Father, see Jesus. That's how he is. So if, if Jesus loves you with the same love that the Father loves him, then the Father loves you with the same love that Jesus loves you and Holy Spirit and all that. Okay. Every permutation, right? All right. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. What did I say? You need love like you need air, right? And your hearts will become anemic. Your hearts will become broken. Your hearts will become confused. Your hearts become hard. You know, all the different heart conditions that we have dead, okay, without nourishment, we need nourishment and we need continual nourishment. A little dab will not do. Okay. And so this is practicing the presence. Now don't get all like, Oh, you know, I don't know how to do that or whatever. I mean, yes, you do. 
you, you, you do some for sure. And so, you know, this continual prayer, it's not like this big thing where you have to feel guilty because I only prayed an hour, you know, <laughs> you just live your day and invite Jesus into your day. Have him pick out your melons. Okay. I mean, or whatever, <laughs> have him, you know, talk about dinner, whatever. If it matters to you, it matters to him. This is living in life. If he, you're interested in it, he's interested in it. Why? Because he's wild about you, right? Okay. Uh, verse 11. My purpose for tell you, telling you these things is that your joy, the joy I experience, will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. All right? So this is his motive. I want you to be happy. I want you to be overflowing happy. I know we use this joy happy thing, but it's, you know, I understand the situation. I get all that. Be happy. I, I like happy. You know why I like happy? I like joy too, too, but <laughs> happy is a simple word that kids understand. And we receive the kingdom as little children and little children before they get jacked up, just love and are loved. And that's all good. And they just receive. Why? Because, of course, you love me. <laughs> and that's what we're getting healed back to. Not childishness, but childlikeness, right? Okay, verse 12. So this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. Now that takes a supernatural empowerment because how many of you know? Uh, there are some people, including some of us, that we need to love by faith. <laughs> They're not easy to love until we see them through the eyes of Jesus. And then you just fall in love with people. That's a supernatural thing. Okay. Um, for the greatest love of all is the love that sacrifices all. What are we talking about? Um, God being other giving sacrificial love. He sacrifices himself because he loves you and he's not grumpy about it, you can't stop him. You could not stop him. You can refuse his love, but you can't stop him loving you. Okay. Um, you can sin and worship Satan or whatever. It's, it changes absolutely nothing with how he feels about you because he's love. He can't not be love. Okay. All right. Um, don't do that. That's not a good idea though. Uh, and this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Ding, ding, ding. He's just about ready to go to the cross. And he's talking about his friends. Let's talk about this because we're talking about servant and uh, servant master relationship versus like intimacy, right? Intimacy. Okay. Uh, you show that you are my intimate friends. When you obey all that I command you. So no one freak out because I did, I, the, the word obey is there. Nobody freak. If people that are detoxing from religion get really freaked out about obedience, you are obeying love. <laughs> okay. Okay. You are obeying. It's like telling someone you're hungry. Obey your hunger. <laughs> right. You're tired. Obey, obey your tiredness and go to bed. Right? Okay. Um, uh, I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And this is true because a lot of times we didn't think, we, we thought, wow, you know, they were, they were servants until he said this. Well, actually, not by his own definition because why? 
A master doesn't confide, confide in his servants. Jesus was confiding into his disciples all the time. They were kind of clueless, <laughs> but he was confiding in them. So I have never called you servants, right? And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. Okay. And so God is trying to reveal to what, what are you doing? And a lot of times a good question for you to ask, God, what are you doing in me? Like what, what's the agenda? Um, I have this saying that the Lord, he's been doing this, um, for years now. And he'll just say something for a long time. What did he say? Say, you are powerful. He just say that. Kevin, you're powerful. You're beautiful. You're something. And he say the same thing over and over again. And it really kind of got annoying <laughs> until I realized, Oh, I guess I really need this drummed into my consciousness, right? You're worthy. You're, you're spotless. You're beautiful. You're powerful. You're, all those things, right? And we just need them. To, so I wake up in the middle of the night, go to the bathroom. You're beautiful. Okay, thanks. And uh, seriously, and then after a season, well, sometimes they're really long seasons because it depends on the level of my denseness. Okay, and then he'll switch to something else. You know, Catherine, you're greater than you know. Okay. Okay, that's weird. Okay, really? Catherine, you're greater than you know, right? Okay. Um... And the one he has me on now, which is really interesting, and I still haven't quite gotten it yet. I mean, I get it, but I don't, right? Is, Catherine, you're the one that I chose. I'm like, okay. Right? I'm sitting with it, making sense out of it. Because I can preach on it, but there's something in it that he's getting me that I haven't gotten. So, I'm sitting. I'm I'm good. Just Right? The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. That's his job description. He's really good at his job. Okay. Uh, but I call you my most intimate and cherished friends. My most intimate and cherished friends. You're not an acquaintance of God that he's like, okay, yeah, I know. Oh, God, they're so annoying, right? Most intimate and cherished. You are cherished. That may be a word for you. Let him cherish you. Let him cherish you. Okay, so... You're an intimate friend, an intimate friend, right? And he wants to grow, wants you to grow in that intimacy. For I reveal everything that I've heard from my father. I'm laughing at this next thing with just what I told you. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. What's the fruit that he wants you to bear? It's the fruit of love. It's the fruit of love. You love people to awaken, you know, evangelism is loving people to awaken them to the fact that God's wild about them, that they've already been chosen, right? That Jesus died for them and every sin they would ever commit, right? And you're awakening them to who this person is and who his father is and who they are because of that, who they maybe forgotten or never known that they were, okay? Um... And whatever fruit, and your fruit will last because whatever you ask of my father, for my sake, he will give it to you. So this is my parting command to one another. This might be important. Ready? Buckle up. Underline this. Highlight this. This is the last command that Jesus gave to his disciples. It's a big one. Ready? So this is my parting command. Love one another deeply. That's our command. We are under the commandment of love, right? And so that's our command. It all looks like love. If it doesn't look like love, then we're off and we need help. Okay. 
And sometimes we don't know what love looks like and we need help to know what love looks like, right? So how do we go grow from a master servant? Well, I serve the Lord. I always kind of shudder when I hear that. Okay. See, oh, you know, I have a great quote. Let me see here. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> uh, what did I do with it? Okay. Yeah, I posted something this morning because I was meditating on this. And it was God doesn't need our service. He wants us to let him love and serve us so much that we can't help but love and serve one another. Right? Because God is, you know, God is self-sustaining. Right? Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit or other giving love, they're complete. But they chose out of love to create a race of children that they adore that are really jacked up. Okay. And so, um, and, and in this place where we feel like we need to serve him, serving looks like loving. And so when we're trying to gut it out to do something like a work, the reason it has no grace on it because there's not love behind it. Because when you love someone, you just want to serve them. And if we're having problems loving one another, well, then we need to let God love us more and serve us more so that love just comes out as a byproduct. As you remain in me and me and you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing, right? You see, this intimacy happens as you remain, as you realize that you're so adored that, wow, he that spared not his only son, how shall he freely not with him give us all things, Right? If God gave himself, what is he going to deny you? Is he like, I'm so fed up. I gave you myself. And you want to pay your rent on top of that? You want to get healed of cancer? You want a spouse? I mean, this is not God. He's like, yes, just say the amen, right? Right? We have, we are complete in him. And this is how it happens, but it happens as a byproduct of intimacy. And so we need to be healed. And so what does that look like? Well, every place where, um, I mean, it's going to look differently for different people. Why? Because we need God to help us in the places where we can't receive. Listen, if you have been spiritually abused, it's really, it's going to, it's going to take a lot of healing for you to be able to feel God's love. If you were, um, you know, molested as a child, well, you know, um, uh, men, or maybe in, your, in, in someone else's case, women or whatever that is, um, you know, God is both male and female, you know this, right? Um, so, um, so in that capacity, what, what we project onto God, you're not safe, right? If you've been taught that God is punitive, right? And so you look through the lens in the Bible of God punishing people instead of reflecting our own fallen perspectives of him. Those are included in the Bible. The Bible's inspired, but you know what? It includes our messed up, jacked up versions of him, right? That God has to clean up because everything, you kind of see things pointing more and more and more and more to, to Jesus. And then finally, Jesus comes as the express image of the father, the fullness of the Godhead in the face of Jesus Christ. And so if you're not seeing Jesus do it, if, 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 if it's looking like it says it's like that in the Old Testament, say, uh, then, um, something's off. 
You may not have it all figured out, but that's not what Jesus looks like. So something's off. You're not a punisher one minute and then Jesus, nice Jesus a second. Okay. And Jesus and the father look exactly like one another. One's in the flesh. Jesus came in the flesh to reveal God to, to us. Okay. Right. Um, it's, it's, you know, it, it, it's not to change, um, God's mind about us. It's to change our minds about God. Right. That's why Jesus came in the flesh. That's why he, that's why the whole thing happened on Calvary. All of that. Okay. So camping out and letting God love you. And so as you're letting God love you in whatever capacity you can, uh, be aware of your internal climate. What's coming up inside you that's drawing back, that's getting afraid, that's hurting, that's feeling abandoned, that I can't hear you. You feel a million miles away that, that says, that feels, yeah, like I'm bad. That feels shame. Okay. That's what needs to come up. And you bring it before the Lord, this place, God, where you look like you're a monster. God, where you look like you're distant. God, where you look like you don't care. God, where you look like you're wimpy. Where I feel like I'm shameful or unworthy or less than or not enough or ugly or fat or whatever the mess is, whatever comes up, that's what you bring before the Lord. And you let the Lord minister to that. Jesus, in the place where this is coming up, what's the lie I'm believing? Oh, I'm believing I'm worthless. I'm believing I'm shameful. I'm believing um, uh, I'm abandoned. I'm a be, uh, I'm believing you don't like me. I'm believing that you love everyone else but not me. I'm believing that you're wimpy. I'm believing, you know, all the different things. And then let him minister truth to you. If you need to go back to a memory, you know, God can take you back to a memory and heal that memory. He can't change what happened, but he can change the impact and what was written on your heart about that. And, and when that's healed, our ability to see God through the lens of love as love in wholeness and see ourselves through the lens of love in wholeness, right? Let me say this. Another word for wholeness, uh, for holiness is wholeness. And he's made us whole. So he's bringing us, he's restoring us back to wholeness, back to original design made in the image and likeness of love. And camping out there in that relationship of love, ask him questions. Not everything has to be a really deep, soul-wrenching, gut-wrenching thing. I mean, the money pays off with the gut-wrenching, but it's also fun just to hang out and, Jesus, what's your favorite color? <laughs> right? You know, just have these fun conversations with him. You will find God is one of the most relaxed people on the planet. And he's lovely. And he loves to hear from you. Don't be afraid. Like, I haven't talked to you in six months. Well, chances are you did. But even if that's true, he's happy to hear from you now. There are times I teach this stuff. Okay. I will go through the entire day. And I'll be the very end of the day. And I'll be like, I, I didn't talk to you one time. <laughs> and it was like, I'm so glad you did now. Right? So, you know, he understands the weakness of our frames. He understands. Look at the bird. We get distracted, right? He understands, um, you know, he understands that we draw back. He understands that, wow, I really felt like watching television. Well, why don't you watch television with Jesus? <laughs> Not everything has to be a big project. Okay. It's good to do the big projects and it's good to enjoy your life. He came that we would, he would, we would have and enjoy life to the full till it overflows. And as we are 
operating in that, then we get to have the fruit of that. But what I, what I want you to do is relax. You know what? Intimacy doesn't happen when you're uptight. And if you find you can't relax, well, then let the Lord minister to that. Jesus, why am I so uptight? What am I so afraid of? What's the fear? And then what's the lie behind the fear? And what's the truth you want me to know? And let him minister. And, and if I, you can't grapple that, well, Jesus, in the place where you told me truth, like you never leave me, you're always here, but it doesn't feel like that. Well, what's the lie that's undermining that? So that, that the truth doesn't feel like the truth. And he will help you and he will heal you, right? That's just what he does. And he's masterful at his job. Push it off on Jesus. Let Jesus do the heavy lifting, right? As you remain in me and me and you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then you start to develop this thing of him wanting to serve you. What did Jesus do? He washed their feet. And then when Peter's like, oh, no, you can't let you do that. I need to wash your feet, right? Um, you know, Jesus said, if you don't let me do this, you won't be able to partake of me. And they says, wash everything. <laughs> Classic Peter, right? He says, no, no, your feet are good. Everything else is fine. Just your feet need to be good. <laughs> right? Let Jesus cleanse you. Cleanse your heart. You're not wicked, but there are sort of wicked things that you fall under, right? And that have harmed you and crappy ways of thinking, right? All of those things. And he gets to do that. Why? He knows who you are. He knows how lovely you are. And he's unveiling you from glory to glory to glory. You're gorgeous. You look just like him in your flavor. And he's very patient. You know, the first two, att the first two attributes of, of love are patience and kindness. So he's patient with you and he's kind while he's patient. <laughs> right? And he wants to serve you, right? I didn't come to be served, but to serve, right? And then how, how you honor Jesus or whatever, let him serve you. That honors Jesus. And as that happens, you'll automatically love and serve, right? And fulfill the commandment. You will obey the commandment because you let him love and serve you as a byproduct. You see, masters and servants don't operate from that. Obey me. This is my command. Do it. Jesus said, this is my command. Now let me help you do it. Let me love you and serve you until you can love and serve one another. Because love looks like service in some way or the other. I'm not saying everything looks like filling up someone's gas tank. It looks like a lot of different things, right? Sometimes love looks like just sitting there and being with someone who's in pain. And not having the answers, but being with them in their pain because you don't want them to be alone. Anyway, I hope this has been a blessing for you today. Um, I love you guys. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit CatherineToon.com.